0: Well, here we are, Greg. Wow. Times Square in New York City, the center of it all. And oh, what a night. It is 18 degrees. The wind is gusting to 30 miles an hour. It's snowing, sleeting, and raining all at the same time. There are hundreds of thousands of people who are largely unvaccinated, lightly armed, and inebriated. Tell me, my friend. Is there anywhere that you would rather be than right here, right now?
1: Well, to be completely honest, there are probably about a hundred places I'd rather be. But I'm but I'm very happy to be here with you on New Year's Eve 2022. And we will bring in the new year in a mere 14 and a half hours. <laughs> Settle in. Settle in, people. <laughs> and we've got our QPod catheters that you can get on redbubble.com. <laughs>
0: Where all proceeds go to support donors choose. (laughs) The cool thing is, is it's catheter spelled with a Q. Okay, stay on task.
1: Okay. And we have two roving reporters down there in the crowd right now. We have our intern Jiffy out there somewhere. I don't know. We'll try to cut to Jiffy in a little bit. And we have Ethan, who has come back from the Netherlands specifically for this event. So we're very happy to have both of them down there.
0: Yes, we will throw down to talk to the people in the crowd
1: as the next 14 hours (laughs) unfold. Well, you know what I thought we would do today? Maybe we could go through some New Year's resolutions. No. (laughs) That's it?
0: Nope. I am adamantly opposed to New Year's resolutions.
1: What is your deal with the resolutions? Come on, it's New Year!
0: Nope, my whole life, even when I was a little kid, we'd have a little family New Year's Eve party at home and make resolutions, and I was like six, and I thought that they were Nope, New Year's resolutions
1: suck. So, tell me where this comes from. What aspect of your childhood has led to this particular view? Well, Dr. Ruth Westheimer...
0: (laughs) That's who you were doing, right? And how is your sex life? You know what? Is I sat next to her in the terminal of London Heathrow
1: Airport. Did she recognize you? (laughs) She's like four feet tall.
2: Hello, I'm Dr. Ruth Westheimer. I will answer your questions on sex.
1: I wonder if she's telling people, I sat next to Dr. Patrick (laughs) Curran in Heathrow Airport.
0: Well, there are two reasons. I personally... And don't email me, don't DM me, don't yell at me. This is a personal reaction to New Year's resolutions. Number one, it drives me nuts when you make these massive resolutions that you can never possibly fulfill. Mm -hmm. So I resolve to lose 25 pounds, run a sub four-minute mile, and learn to speak Portuguese. Good luck with that. (laughs) Second, and this one is what drives me a little bit crazier, you are perfectly willing to live a life that you are unhappy with for 364 days, 23 hours, and 45 minutes. But in that lightly inebriated last 15 minutes out of the year, you're going to dedicate to being a better person. I think you should take New Year's Eve resolutions and just make them daily resolutions and just work on that throughout the year. So that is just my little mini holiday rant on New Year's resolutions. Okay.
1: Notwithstanding, I still think that we could have, well, how about quantitative resolutions? Could you live with quantitative resolutions? Maybe like statistical resolutions? I could do that.
0: Only because I don't think I have a choice. We have 14 hours to fill. We're in a (laughs) glass cube. With my catheter dangling out the window, <laughs> sure, let's do statistical resolutions. Why Why out the window? <laughs> well, I don't want it inside. <laughs> I'm just letting it drain.
1: Wow. <clears throat> All right, I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> All right, so here's my idea. It's forming right now as we talk about your catheter. Uh <laughs> How about if we go down to our roving reporters in the crowd and have them pull people out and see if we can get some decent quantitative resolutions out of them? What do you think?
0: I like that. We need some kind of countdown, though. I can't sit here for 14 hours. This is going to drive me nuts. What (laughs) if we do our own countdown to New Year's? Okay. Now, for those of you who are not familiar, there's a giant Times Square ball that lowers as they count down the New Year. And so here, you have a New Year's Eve ball. I have a New Year's Eve ball, Okay. and so our balls are going to drop every <laughs> time we do a statistical resolution. That will be our countdown, all right? And I'm going to lean out of the booth, uh-huh. and we're going to get the crowd to do a countdown of top 10 statistical resolutions while Greg and Patrick's balls drop. How does that sound? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I... I don't know what to say.
0: Uh. So how about if we throw to Ethan, who is down amongst the people in the crowd, and let's see if he can find a person out of the crowd who wants to share a New Year's statistical resolution. I like it. Ethan, are you out there? Tell them to
3: hold the f*** on. They are
4: up Ethan. there
3: warm, and I am down here with 10,000 This woman will not stop touching Ethan, me.
1: you're live.
3: This is Ethan, down amongst the masses in Times Square, and I'm having the time of my life. Thanks so much. It's always a pleasure to work with the two of you. Assholes.
1: Uh, Okay, thank you for that, Ethan. Ethan requires a content warning. Wow. Apparently. All right. If we can set
0: that aside momentarily, help us out. Find a person in the crowd and ask them what their statistical New Year's resolution is.
3: So I'm looking for someone who has a New Year's Statistical Resolution. Uh, no, no, not you. Uh, you're cute, call me later. Uh, not you at all. Um, you! Do you have a New Year's Statistical Resolution that you would like to share with the up on the booth who are warm while I'm down here freezing my ass off?
1: <sighs> my name is Dr. Sam Cacase, and I'm an Assistant Professor in the Public Health Sciences Department at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte not to be confused with Patrick's better-funded school a couple hours east. For my quantitative New Year's resolution, I'd like to spend some time learning the mechanisms and theory behind the Monte Carlo approach to power analysis for SEM. Like most of what I learned in grad school, I only had one whirlwind lecture on the topic and would like to be able to do more than just write the code in M+. Once I've got a handle on the approach, I'll be better equipped to check my own models, advise my colleagues, and pass knowledge on to my mentees and students. Plus, I enjoy having a growing number of tools that I can use to fight reviewer too. Thanks for letting me share and happy holidays.
0: Well, thank you, Sam. And yes, we are fifty percent better funded than you are in Charlotte, as our (laughs) operating budget is a dollar fifty, (laughs) whereas yours is a dollar.
1: So I like Sam's New Year's resolution. Now you and I have expressed some feelings about power analysis broadly speaking. I don't know if you remember Poop emoji. There you go, poop emoji. One of the issues that we had with power analysis, and if folks haven't listened to it, it was uh, one of the early episodes in season one, was just that for models that get increasingly complex, it's really hard to be able to look into the crystal ball and imagine what all possible relations are going to be to be able to gauge power associated with things that you are interested in studying. That said, I think you and I did land on the idea that power analysis, still broadly speaking, is a good idea.
0: Oh, yeah. And as we talked about on the earlier episodes, there are three broad ways. There are more than this, but three broad ways we can do it. One of my favorite is, yet again, Albert Satora, one of my heroes, Satora Saris. Mm-hmm. You do that using non-centrality parameters within the SEM. Another way is McCallum's approach using RMSEA, Mm -hmm. where instead of a specific effect is you look across the model as a whole. And that is a very clever, very important way. Mm -hmm. And the Monte Carlo I really like because it mimics how we teach it in class. Right. Which is, if you were to repeat your study an infinite number of times, what is the probability that you would find this effect if this effect really exists? Well,
1: that's what you do. And the beauty of that particular framework, and it was nicely laid out by Mutan and Mutan around 2002, the nice thing about it is it's like a big sensitivity analysis where you can turn the knobs to a variety of different settings and see how it plays out, just like you said, the way we teach it. So one of the challenges with, for example, the Satora and SARS approach is it bakes in certain assumptions that are sort of what we would like to be standard operating conditions, but in fact, they might not be. One of the beauties of a Monte Carlo approach is you can start to build in degrees of non-normality. You can start to build in patterns of missingness. You can change different contextual parameters in your model and see what effect it has on your power to detect a relation that you're specifically interested in. So I think the Monte Carlo really is the way to go on this. And I think it's great for Sam to want to learn more about that.
0: Yep. And there are great resources out there. We'll put some in the show notes. It is very nicely programmed in M+. It's really quite elegant, Mm -hmm. but you can do this in any program. Slap it in a do-loop, and you can do a Monte Carlo power using any major computer package.
1: Yeah, so go Sam. Absolutely, I think it's a great resolution.
0: All right, Greg. So that was number 10 in the countdown for Greg and Patrick's balls drop on New Year's Eve. (laughs) All right. So, are we
1: going out in the crowd now for another one? Don't we have the talking monkey somewhere out there? Uh, we've had some trouble getting a hold of Jiffy, but let's see if we can get him out there.
0: Hey, little buddy, are you out there
2: in the crowd? Hey guys, I'm here. Where is here, Jiffy? It's very difficult to tell because if you think about the height of lemurs, it puts me roughly at groin height among a hundred thousand groins.
0: Oh boy!
2: Hang on, I think I can poke some. <laughs> Excuse I seem to be taking a lot of punches to the head. I'm okay though. Excuse me, would you be willing to share with us a quantitative New Year's resolution?
4: I'm Raj, an assistant professor in management, and my quant resolution for 2022 is to finish reading Shadish, Cook, and Campbell, which I borrowed from the library as a final year doctoral student just looking for some light reading. And the first chapter blew me away. Like on every page, there was something that would make me put down the book and just go, Whoa. And it was written in this really engaging style that was just a joy to follow. But then I got busy with final year doctoral student things, and so I never got past the first chapter, had to return the book to the library. And now hearing Patrick sing its praises episode after episode just um, reminded me that I have unfinished business with Shadish Cook and Campbell. So my goal for 2022 is to finish the book or die trying.
2: Thanks, Raj. Back to you guys. I love
0: that. I love the commitment of finish the book or Or die.
1: Or die trying. I know you don't like resolutions, but this is a very concrete one, right? I mean, very specific. You can hold this resolution in your hand.
0: So this one fits a resolution, as does Sam's, Mm -hmm. of one that is manageable, is realistic, and you can spread out over a period of time. Making yourself a better person on a daily basis as opposed to, I'm really drunk, it's 10 minutes to 12, (laughs) and I'm no longer going to be a (laughs) like I have been for the last 50 years. Uh At midnight, that's it. That's over. I'm going to be a completely different human being. Nope. This is a brilliant book. It is incredibly important. They're threats to internal validity. Yeah. My kids give me a hard time because I yell at NPR. <laughs> and half of the time, it is something with threats to internal validity from Shadish, Cook, and Campbell.
1: Yeah. So much that comes across your social media feed is just complete crap. There's always this attempt to try to make some link between variables, and often in a way that's very scary. And it doesn't mean that such links don't exist, but you have to consider the different explanations. Shadish Cook, and Campbell, building on work of Cook and Campbell and Campbell and Stanley, try to lay out this collection of things that you really have to consider when you're trying to figure out about the relation between two things and whether or not you have permission or under what circumstances you have permission to try to advance particular causal conclusions. But I would encourage people who haven't been through Shadish Cook, and Campbell or haven't been through a classic research methods or basic causal inference kind of course to really expose themselves to that, expose themselves...
0: Yeah, remember the court order said you can't say that anymore.
1: All right. I would encourage people to make that a part of their education. We can do all these incredibly fancy things with statistical methods, but they really don't hold a whole lot of meaning unless you can rule out other explanations for phenomena that are going on. So I think that is a great resolution.
0: And way to be willing to talk to a monkey in a crowd amongst (laughs) millions of inebriated people. Well done,
1: Raj.
2: Lemur!
0: All right, so that was number nine.
1: Excellent. What about eight? Well, maybe Ethan has a resolution of his own. Hey, Ethan. Ethan, do you have a resolution for us for the new year?
3: My New Year's resolution this year is to stop yelling at <laughs> advisors because I think I'm getting a reputation.
0: <laughs> Indeed. From a personal standpoint, I'm way supportive of that. <laughs> maybe you could do one a little broader. <laughs>
3: I mean, yeah, definitely. My New Year's statistical resolution, I'm resolving to stop letting the way that we draw path diagrams confuse us about how our models are estimated. So I'm thinking specifically about how when we draw an outcome that we're predicting with a latent factor, all we have to do is sort of rotate that path diagram and suddenly that distal outcome is also an indicator on the factor. And that should really inform the way that we interpret the model results.
0: Greg, any thoughts on that drunken and anger fueled statistical resolution?
1: <laughs> well, obviously, you have trained Ethan well because his New Year's resolution requires the mind's eye. <laughs> That is a fitting end to the year. You know, one of the problems with how we do path models and representations now is that we have become so economical in them that we've started to lose some important distinctions. And when Ethan says that a distal outcome that's measured really can be made in the picture to look just like another indicator, from the mathematics standpoint, It is like another indicator, right? You're just estimating its relation with all the other variables, which is spuriously the result of whatever the factor is doing, whether to other variables that are indicators or to a distal outcome. But if we go in the way back machine, that distal outcome wouldn't have been written as a measured variable. That distal outcome would have been written as a latent variable that has a single indicator. And since that time, we've sort of realized, well, that's kind of superfluous. But I think there really was something valuable in the way we used to represent our path diagrams so that we could visualize the distinction between those things that we thought of as structural and at the core of our latent variable hypotheses, and then those things that were really more part of the measurement vehicle that allowed us to estimate the structural. So I I like where Ethan is going. It's really, in a way, trying to re-clarify things for ourselves. And to not
0: over-interpret, and I really like that aspect, of his resolution, don't overinterpret what that single-headed arrow means with respect to the implications you're making for your theory. So let's go, mind's eye. <laughs> Picture in your mind's eye a multiple indicator latent factor that then predicts another multiple indicator latent factor. But we can just, as Ethan indicated, rotate that dependent variable latent factor up 90 degrees, and now it's a higher-order factor model where one of the multiple indicators is a factor itself. Well, is it a factor loading, or is it a regression coefficient? And the answer is yes.
1: It's a floor wax and a dessert topping. (laughs) Sorry. That's a very old Saturday Night Live reference. New shimmers of floor wax and a dessert topping. Here, I'll spray some on your mop
0: and some on your butterscotch pudding. Mmm, tastes terrific.
2: And just look at that shine.
0: (laughs) Thank you very much, Ethan. That's a wonderful one. Where do we turn next, Dr. Hancock? All right,
1: number seven. Hey, Jiffy, are you out there? Can you go find somebody?
2: I have already located somebody. Excuse me. Would you be willing to share a quantitative resolution with us, please? Hello, my name is Dr. Michelle Al I'm an assistant professor at the School of Nursing at Faqih College from Saudi Arabia. My New Year's resolution is to be certified as a biostatistician. My goal is to master my skills to do data analysis and structural equation modeling. My reason for that is because statistics always has been until now. A struggle for me so I want to improve myself and doing this, statistic and not to be dependent on someone else to do it for me. There you go guys!
0: That is another one I love. And one thing that I loved about several aspects of what she said is to not be reliant on other people, to be independent, to be able Mm -hmm. to accrue these skills in a way that you can do your own work in the way that you want it done.
1: And one of the beautiful things that quantitative methods can do for you, I mean, it's really the reason so many people are forced to take quantitative methods, is that it elevates your game in whatever it is your primary field is. So in this case, she is housed within nursing, but really realizes the value of quantitative methods through the lens of biostatistics. And she already knows that she needs a primary focus on structural equation modeling and dyadic data analysis, which, as per the previous episode that we had on actor-partner models, those two things really go hand in hand.
0: And I also love the emphasis on biostats. I am a huge fan of in the social sciences having a familiarity with core concepts in biostatistics Mm -hmm. because often there's an emphasis placed on things that we don't spend as much time on in terms of discrete outcomes, modeling probabilities, modeling risk, and survival analyses, and multinomial logistic regressions, and things like that. I encourage all my own students to take the full complement of what I would call social science statistics and then walk across campus and take as many biostats classes as they can. Yeah. Because I think that that really provides a well-rounded
1: view in what we're trying to do in
0: our own work.
1: I totally agree. I wish her all the luck in doing this. I think it's a great resolution and it's going to help her tremendously, I think, overall. Okay, we're down to six. We are. And Ethan has been texting me from the floor. (laughs) I... I, I can't actually read them aloud, but he is ready. All right. Ethan, are you out there? Down here again.
3: Nothing nothing too much to see. Um, we're now going to pull in uh, you. Would you like to give us a New Year's statistical resolution? Get these <laughs> off my back.
0: Hello. My name is Daniel Moriarty, and I'm a clinical psychology intern at McLean Hospital who studies the immunopsychiatry of depression and does some physiometric work. My quantity of New Year's resolution is to use McDonald's Omega instead of Chromebox Alpha when I report reliability. While I was doing my dissertation, I learned that Omega makes some more realistic assumptions amongst some other
4: benefits over Alpha.
0: Honestly, I never even really considered what assumptions might be baked into Alpha, so hopefully this resolution helps me stay a little bit more inquisitive about the nuance of the metrics that I generally treat as descriptive in my
1: research. That's another concrete one, right? Here's somebody who has been using Chromebox Alpha probably forever and ever and wants to make a switch to how he reports reliability, how he even thinks about reliability. It's absolutely true, and we've talked about this previously, that Alpha has some assumptions that, if we express it in factor analysis kind of language, that all of the variables load equally onto the underlying construct that they're supposed to measure. It's a very unrealistic assumption. Now, if you have a whole bunch of items on a scale that are of comparable quality then alpha is probably going to do an okay job. The beauty of omega is that it doesn't care. It allows you to have some items that are better, some items that are worse, and then will give you a more accurate reflection of the reliability that you have for those particular data. One of the challenges with omega has been, even though the psychometric community has known that it's really a better measure of reliability, generally speaking, or let's say a less assumption-laden measure, One of the challenges has been accessibility, and I think over the last couple of years there have been strides made to be able to bring Omega more to the public through our packages, Through some stuff that I had worked on with one of my former students, Gian, was a mathematical derivation for how you could do it computationally. There was also some really nice work fairly recently by Andy Hayes and Jacob Kautz where they created macros in SPSS and SAS to be able to get McDonald's Omega out. So I really think that accessibility is no longer an issue.
0: I am liking all of these resolutions because none thus far have violated my, you're perfectly fine being a horrible person the entire year except at 1145. Uh And second, these are all totally achievable. I love this of moving from Alpha to Omega. Knuckles has that great paper on, thank you, Alpha, we'll take it from here, Mm -hmm. right? And talking about a lot of these things. So Knuckles is Dan McNeish, as we all know now. And just for the record, Knuckles is spelled with an N.
1: It's not with a K. Is there an apostrophe in front of the N? Is it? No. It's not O-Knuckles? It's not (laughs) O-Knuckles.
0: What I really love about Omega is not only the advantages of it analytically and mathematically, but also, it's kind of an intellectual goose to remind ourselves that we're fitting a factor model to our items when we create a summary score. Mm-hmm. Whether you do that explicitly in an EFA or a CFA, or if we use your approach to derive them analytically, it's just a reminder that when we take a sum or when we take a mean, that we are fitting a factor model to that. And we want that represented in our reliability estimate. Mm -hmm. And if I could be so bold as to add to Daniel's New Year's resolution, which I think being in the booth, we have (laughs) that ability to do. Stop reporting reliabilities from other studies. It drives me insane when somebody says, I am using the Hancock scale of toxic masculinity, which has been shown to be reliable, paren, alpha equals Mm 0.52, comma, Hancock et al. 1999. So not only move from alpha to omega, but do omega on your own data.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. And also, omega is appropriate specifically for when you are creating a composite that is equally weighted, that is a simple sum or a simple average of the scale items that you have, as is alpha. But what if you had wanted some variables to have more voice in your total? or less voice in your total, based on how well those represented the underlying factor. There are reliability measures also that can be tailored to how strong or how weak particular variables are. So there's something called maximal reliability or coefficient H. Again, all of these measures of reliability are attached to models, they are attached to assumptions, and whatever measure you are choosing, it really is your responsibility to know them and to know what they are with specific reference to your data.
0: And Coefficient H was developed by you and named by your daughter. (laughs) So we keep it all in the family here. All right. The crowd is counting down number five. I think we should go to the monkey and see what he commits for (laughs) the upcoming year. You're so mean.
2: Hey, Jeff, are you out there? A resolution? Me? I suppose I could make something up. My New Year's resolution is to continue to keep my primal urges and considerable skills In check when someone disrespects me, such as referring to me as a monkey. I am not a monkey. I am a unique mutation of the lemur cata of the family lemuroidea. How is this a quantitative resolution? Because I keep accounts. Strict accounts. Patrick, for example, has referred to me as a monkey 119 times. But, as I said, I hereby resolve to continue to remain immune to such interspecies transgressions. Even from the person who has chosen to position himself as my nemesis, to disrespect me at every turn. He who must not be named, hailing from Arkansas, training in North Carolina, and currently retooling himself as part of the European Quantarati. Ooh, I sense his presence near. But no, I will not resort to the ways of my past. I will continue to take the high road. No matter how many times I may fantasize about vaping the hot fumes of his smoldering corpse. Back to you guys.
1: Okay. There's a lot going on in there. Um, so what number are we at? Has your ball dropped one notch? Because mine has. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of balls, let's go back to Ethan in the crowd.
0: Ethan, talk to us. Are you out there? Yeah, no, I won't take less than two buttons Two buttons. Why are you negotiating with that guy? Oh, sorry. Uh,
3: hi, Greg and Patrick. Um. Ethan, find somebody, please. You new colleagues in this job. You, sir, would you like to give us a statistical resolution for the new year?
4: My name's Danny Lee. I'm a research psychologist at the National Center for PTSD at the Boston VA and assistant professor of psychiatry at Boston University School of Medicine. My Quantitude New Year's resolution is to work hard to make the analyses I conduct and what the results mean easy to understand for all readers and audiences. I don't think many researchers, and in particular quantitatively focused researchers, do this very well, but I really admire the ones who do. If we want our work to ultimately make an impact on routine clinical care and policy, describing our work in ways that everyone can understand is essential. So my goal this year is to get better and better at making my work and my analyses in particular accessible for all.
0: I love that because if there's one common denominator to all the work that we do, it is... It's useless if you can't convey it to a broader audience. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that some of our colleagues in the quant methods realm run a clinic on making things opaque and challenging (laughs) and difficult. And I have a rant on another day that I can share on why I think that sometimes happens. Mm -hmm. I think clear communication is maybe one of the most important foundational goals we have in everything that we do.
1: I agree. And I'm not sure that I do a very good job of helping people in that area. And what I mean by that is, you know, as methodologists, our job is to push the frontiers of methodology so that we can address increasingly rich questions. As the goalposts keep getting moved in the quantitative realm, the audience isn't necessarily changing. The stakeholders that we have to answer to are still generally a lay public. It's getting harder and harder for us to communicate those things back to that public. I think I'm doing a fine job at teaching the methods, but I don't know that I'm doing a great job at the communication part. I think
0: you're exactly right, is we can be grousing old men about how nobody understands the field, but we need to be able to convey of how you do that to the next generation of researchers and writers and authors. It reminds me one, I've always been a Dilbert fan, and there was one I had on my office door for a while. Dilbert brought a report to the boss, and the boss says, well, this is really great, but it's still too clear. (laughs) And Dilbert gives him a look, and he said, well, I can reduce the font and run it through the fax machine, if that would help. (laughs) It's yet another resolution that I like because it's one of these throughout the entire year. I am simply going to aspire to try to more clearly communicate what I'm doing to a broader audience of researchers. I totally respect that resolution.
1: So imagine someone wanted to take this on. Do you have any recommendations for how someone might get better and better at communicating these complex methods that we work with? That's
0: not my problem. I just bitch about it.
1: Good luck, Danny. (laughs) It's tricky, right? And I don't know what mechanism Danny has in mind for getting better and better at this, but I tell you, it is a great resolution. And it's one that I think you sort of commit to for life.
0: And we can do a whole show on this because there are many ways that we can do this. Some journals are heading in this direction. They have the abstract Mm -hmm. and then the translational abstract. There are visualizations, there are colloquialisms, there are idioms. Thinking about how you present a paper as you might a story. Mm -hmm. How would Agatha Christie write this? Okay, maybe not (laughs) Agatha Christie. My two-bit opinion is it's also a mindset, thinking about, in quantitative, we are not the keepers of the flame, (laughs) right? We have chosen to spend our time on this particular form of scientific inquiry. It's our responsibility to try to communicate that to as broad an audience as possible. It transcends quant, Mm -hmm. is this is how do we take the scientific endeavor and use that profitably to improve the human condition around us. And use your mind's eye. (laughs) That's a New Year's resolution
1: to develop the mind's eye.
0: All right. Our balls are getting low. So (laughs)
1: let's go back out to Jiffy. Uh, Come on in, Jiffy. Jiffy, you out there, buddy? Jiffy. Jiffy. I don't know what's going on with Jiffy. Uh, Ethan, are you out there right now?
3: No, no, no. You, you have to keep him. No, no, no.
1: Ethan? The
3: cage can't have... Don't put any holes in it. Ethan,
0: come in, Ethan.
3: Oh, hi, Greg and Patrick. Hey, buddy. This is the best New Year celebration ever. Ethan, you are holding a bottle of Dom
0: Perignon. Um, That is a $200 bottle of champagne. uh, Do you know anything about where Jiffy went? uh, Maybe he's just out partying, you know. Hmm. Okay, well, we're going to talk with you a bit more about this later. Can you grab another person who might have a statistical New Year's
3: resolution for us? Absolutely. It would be my absolute pleasure. You guys are the best. You. Give me a hug. Would you like to give us a statistical resolution for the new year? Great.
4: My name is Nathan Lutz, and I'm currently a fifth year student in the clinical psychology program at Loyola University in Chicago. Last spring, I worked with some other clinical psych students and a former postdoc who has since been hired as full time faculty to found a Quant Club. The purpose of the club was to supplement the required stats courses that we take with the understanding that most clinical students don't have the room in their schedule to take advanced courses or go outside of the department to take courses. Quant Club was meeting every other week, alternating between specific topics and office hours during which we collaborated to answer student questions. We stopped meeting with the intention of rebooting the club this fall haven't gotten around to it. My personal New Year's resolution is to solidify the foundation of Quant Club before I leave for my clinical psych internship this summer. Our faculty mentor, Zoe Smith, is a brilliant and thoughtful methodologist, and the younger students who co-founded the club are equally brilliant and passionate about statistics and research methods. I know this club will be in good hands as long as it exists, and I want to do everything in my power to keep it around.
3: Oh man, that was my favorite one so far. This has been a great New Year's Eve, guys.
1: Uh, okay, thanks, Ethan. I like that one a lot. And you know what it reminds me of? We talked the summer before last with Becca Brock at University of Nebraska, and she was really interested in building a quant culture there. And I love the idea of a quant club and the quant club could take a variety of forms, It could involve meeting with a group for brown bags each week to talk about issues or to read articles, come together and discuss them. A lot of different forms that this could take.
0: And Becca talked about enhancing the quantitative culture in the department as a whole. Mm -hmm. I love that notion of stitching quantitative methodology into the fabric of everything that we do. It's not just a class you take and you're done. You don't design a study, execute a study, get data, and then think about the analysis. This is a thread that runs through everything we do from hypothesis generation to study design to measurement to data collection to analysis to inference and making that a part of the community, a part of the culture where quant isn't just a thing that you go get when you need it, but that it's a very foundation of what we do as a science.
1: Absolutely. And it does a couple of things, right? One is it builds community. Forget about the quant for a minute. It builds community among a group of people. So I love things that bring people together in the academic environment. But then it also creates a set of people that you can talk to about things. So later on, when you're working on a particular problem, having a challenge with an analysis, you've got your people right there because you help to build that infrastructure for communication, for collaboration.
0: And in addition to that community building, it is so much easier and so much more fun to learn something in a group. Yeah. It's all about being in it
1: together as a team. I will say this, Nathan, if you reboot Quant Club, you reach out, we will send some water bottle or laptop stickers. That would be our New Year's gift to you. All right. We are down to number two. So here's what I think. Rather than going back out to, well, God knows where Jiffy is. I think he got sold to an organ grinder. (laughs) (laughs) If, If anybody sees Jiffy out there, feel free to reach out to us. Why don't you and I just do the last two? I know, I know, I know how you feel about resolutions, but maybe hearing some of these resolutions has inspired you at least to squeeze out one resolution for the new year.
0: I have to admit, I have been inspired by these resolutions. Mm -hmm. Ethan's is a little questionable, but that might have been just because it was (laughs) Uh profanity-laced. But I have been inspired because they have not violated my resolution concerns. Mm -hmm. Every single one has been achievable, Mm -hmm. and I am inspired. And I will break my own resolution of not making resolutions. Did you see that? That's like a meta-resolution. Wow. I mean, that's Matrix-level shit. I... (laughs) What will I resolve? Okay. In the spirit of modeling myself after others, I resolve in the upcoming year to better respect measurement. What I mean is, I teach about measurement. I write about measurement. I maybe have a dozen papers in various aspects of measurement and scoring, And I mostly slap a mean on the items Mm -hmm. so that I can do another set of analyses that I want. My resolution is I am going to be more respectful to measurement. What is that model that underlies my items? How might I use that to obtain optimal scores in a way that I've recommended myself Mm -hmm. (laughs) repeatedly? And that throughout the year, I am simply going to be more cognizant of that aspect of my work. Oh, and I'm going to run a sub four-minute mile. (laughs) (laughs) Is it okay if I tack that on? Yeah, sure. Actually, I did not say contiguous. (laughs) Okay. Over a week Uh in 10 or 20-second increments... I am going to accrue a sub-four-minute
1: mile. I still want to see that.
0: (laughs) Okay, I can run 20-yard increments over a period of a week, and I will run a sub-four-minute mile. Okay. (laughs) I will report back on this. All right, that's good. (laughs) Okay, my friend, you have the final statistical New Year's resolution as our balls drop this evening.
1: All right, I have a resolution. I I don't know if it's statistical. You're going to have to help me out with this. But my resolution is actually around work-life balance. I confess here in front of God and everybody that I am horrible at work-life balance. And part of the problem is that I just get so absorbed in things that interest me in learning and doing that I sometimes don't take a moment to step back and breathe and to invest some other time in myself outside of these kinds of things that I think about I actually have tremendous respect for you because you have, for example, running day or you have the nights where you go and play in the bands and so forth. So you have built in very nicely time for yourself that facilitates this kind of balance. I certainly do have things, but I don't feel so committed to it but you know what? One day a week, I am going to do something for myself. It could be something small. It could be something big. It could be something physical. It could be something recreational. But one day a week, I'm going to do something to facilitate better work-life balance for myself. The last year and a half, and Lord knows how long it's going to continue, have been challenging for a lot of people. And I think it's an opportunity for me to sort of assess what's important and maybe give myself a little bit better balance in how I move forward. And you know what? I think that is a statistical resolution. Okay.
0: Because if you're not taking care of yourself, everything else is irrelevant. When you're on an airplane, (laughs) why, yes, it does involve an anecdote about an airplane. Shocker. So you're getting settled in and they're going through the safety announcements and the flight attendant says, if the masks come down, be sure to put your mask on first before you help those around you. Mm -hmm. To me, that's a microcosm of work-life balance, Mm -hmm. which is if you're trying to put masks on other people before yours is on, you're going to black out you've got to take care of yourself first so that you can take care of those around you. Or do what you want to do, achieve what you want to achieve. So I absolutely think that is a statistical resolution because taking care of yourself is going to allow you to read Shadish, Cook & Campbell, to learn about Monte Carlo power, to learn new techniques in biostats or doing omega and alpha. Whatever it is that you have... If you're not taking a walk around the lake, Mm -hmm. right? I think you're too hard on yourself as I get text messages from you (laughs) at five in the morning when you are out walking around that lovely public park right by your house with Gus, your dog, it's 20 degrees, it's 5 a.m., it's pitch black, you have a plastic bag and a headlamp (laughs) and a headlamp. I think that's a wonderful resolution. And I think that we can check back in. I will check in on my sub four-minute mile, which I actually am dead set. I am going to try to do that. There's a high school track right by me. And my commitment is that I am going to run a sub four-minute mile. And I will tell you how many increments it takes (laughs) for me to do that. Okay. So, dude, our balls have fully (laughs) dropped. Let's check. Check with the crowd. All right, there's lots of cheering and hugging and kissing, mostly because they know we're done. But how fun this was. Yeah. What a wonderful way to wrap up the year. And our most sincere thanks to all of you out there who squander your valuable time hanging out with us. We so enjoy the DMs, watching the Twitter traffic, getting messages. What a fun way to end the year!
1: Absolutely, it's been a great year, and we look forward to 2022 with all of you out there. Please take care of yourselves.
0: So be safe going back home, and if you happen to see an organ grinder with a lemur collecting <laughs> quarters,
1: maybe you could throw us a call. All right, thanks everybody. Take care. Happy New Year. Bye bye.
3: Should old Jiffy be forgot? Da da ba 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 ba.
2: Should all acquaintance be forgotten in days of old and
1: time? Is anyone out there? Hello?